Welcome to Own the Microphone. Join me, Bridget McGowan, an award-winning international professional speaker and owner of the independent publishing company, BMAC Talks Press. Hello, everybody. I am already laughing before I could even get the show started. It's Bridget McGowan here, and welcome to another episode of Own the Microphone. Today, I have with me Trish Springsteen. Trish, welcome to the show. Absolutely delighted to be here, Bridget. Very excited to have a conversation with you. I am excited, too, because you are a fellow introvert, and that's part of what I was laughing about before we started the show, because I was trying to figure out exactly where I wanted to start our conversation and how exactly I was going to phrase my first question for you. And one of the things we were talking about, Trish, was how sometimes people will confuse or conflate being shy with being introverted. And I know I have such a challenge when I tell someone that I am an introvert and they think, but you're not shy. Well, no, that they don't necessarily go together. Being an introvert just means you get your energy from being alone. It doesn't mean that you're scared to talk to anybody or whatever is involved with being shy because I've just never been shy. So I kind of can't explain it, but (laughs) I understand Trish, you're a great speaker. You've won awards and we'll talk about that a little bit later, but you're also an introvert and you used to be incredibly shy. What's changed and how do we get to where we are today? Day with the Trish that we have on the microphone with us. Awesome question. Thank you, Bridget. Uh, well, we need to go back to the Jurassic period, which is a long, long time ago when oh, I left yeah. high school. <laughs> and at that time, not only was I an introvert, but I wasn't extremely shy. I had a very small group of friends, maybe four or five. That was fine for me. Happily to sit in the corner at a party and read a book. That was absolutely fine with me. Speak, not even on the radar. No way would I get up and speak. So fast forward, I went through, yeah, my career was pretty good. I had, I worked with a lot of male-dominated industries, managed to stay in the background, not a problem. What changed was I wanted to make some friends. I moved from one city to the other met a couple of people, but we were busy with our family. I was studying part-time, full-time job. Uh, We were acclimatizing to a new city and I had my children to bring up. So we we were doing pretty well, but we decided one day we didn't know too much about anybody around in this new city because we'd moved from our family to a place where we didn't know anybody. So I was saying something to someone at one stage when I was bowling. And that person said, oh, I know where you can go and make some friends. Okay, sounds good to me. Introvert, shy, I thought I could join and look, go to a meeting, slowly get to know people. Well, he didn't tell me it was a Toastmasters meeting. Now, you can imagine a Toastmasters meeting, a shy introvert walking in, not knowing anything about anything like that, 
Honestly, people, if that person had been in front of me, I'd probably be up for murder. I would have really been up. I never said more than about two or three words. And they did ask me to speak. What I'm still trying to puzzle out today is how and why I kept going back. I think it was because the people were nice. And yes, I did make friends. But along the way, I got pushed out of my little shyness, uh, dragged kicking and screaming. And given a lot of support and mentoring, which is what I believe is one of the biggest things for you if you need to get your speaking skills. And discovered that I actually liked being able to change people's lives. And I realized the two biggest things I realized along the way was that I started to believe in myself and I realized I had a message. So from there, I opened my own business, uh, took my skills that I'd learned. And yes, I'm still a member of Toastmasters, but I've expanded outside Toastmasters. I still go to Toastmasters because that's where I practice. But now I share my skills and my life experiences and my expertise with others, helping to change their lives. And that's how I sort of, in a short way, got from being shy. I'm still an introvert. You do not change being an introvert because, uh, as you said, Bridget, it's not about shyness. It's just about how you get your energy. I just know how to harness that energy and know when I need to go away by myself and just recharge. But I'm not quite so shy. I know now that I have a confidence that I can believe in myself. Uh, when you have a confidence in believing in yourself, that really becomes empowering. It, it gives you that power to say, well, this is something I've got to say. This is something I believe in. This is, I want to be an advocate. I, I've got a message. And it gives you that confidence to stand up and speak. And that's where I am in my journey now. And along that way, I've discovered so many other things that I can do, things that open doors and opportunities. I don't regret who I was in the early times of my life because that's my journey and that's what I've learned from. I do wish I'd known how to be a bit more confident because I think there would have been a lot of opportunities I would have grabbed. But I am who I am today and having an absolutely fantastic time doing what I'm doing. Now, you said you wish you had known how to be more confident. Are there some practices or habits that you have in place now that help you with building on that confidence or keeping that confidence afloat, if you will, that you can share with our listeners that maybe they can put in place right now? Absolutely. It, it revolves around maybe three or four principles that I use. The first one is what I call my 60 seconds of insane courage. And that's 20 seconds to realize that those little voices are starting to say, you can't do this. Why would you speak? No one wants to hear you. You're going to freeze. So you listen to that and you hear those voices. And when you start to hear those voices, I visualize a humongously huge, big, red stop sign that says, stop. I'm not listening to this. I'm not going down that downward spiral. Then I've got 20 seconds to breathe and believe. It's take two or three deep breaths, realize that I'm actually in control and believe that I do have a message. I have a story. I am unique and I own that uniqueness. And then 20 seconds to smile, walk out there, take another breath and say, wow, here I am and connect. 
that's something that I do pretty well every time I speak. And the other two points of that is the believing. And that's a very massive part, I think. A lot of our fear of speaking, not all, but a lot, and I think it's one of the things you need to get in touch with first. When, when you say you've got this fear of speaking, it's like, let's sit down and find out what that fear actually is. And sometimes it's merely just a fear of not being in control, a fear of being compared to others and, you know, wondering whether you'll be matching up and is what your peers are saying, a fear that people might think and realise that you don't know everything. And, hey, people, no one knows everything. It's absolutely fine you don't have to know everything uh and it's a fear of forgetting your words and then a massive fear of insecurity a lack of confidence in yourself and that's where i've done a lot of work on because i think when you as i mentioned when you believe in yourself it's very empowering so that's sort of how i work and i understand i absolutely understand that Whenever I get up to speak, it's not about me. It is never, ever about me. It's about the one or two people that maybe need to hear a few things that I've got to say that could change their lives. And as an introvert, that's a massive thing for me because it means I can get up there. I know it's not about me. I know that I have to say what I've got to say because if I don't, Someone may not hear the words they need to hear at that moment. And, and that's not being arrogant. It's not being uh, over the top. It's simply understanding that people resonate with you. And it's understanding that there may be words I say, I don't even realise that I say, but I do know because I've had people come and tell me. There are people in that audience that those words may resonate at that exact moment. And if I let my fear of speaking stop me from getting up and sharing those words, then I'm being a disservice to people out there who need to hear me. Right. It's it's not about being braggadocious or being full of yourself. It's about understanding your role and your responsibility on that stage. And it is to impart information, inspiration, a light, motivation, you pick whatever it is you want to do when you get up there. It's not about you. It's not about being full of yourself or the light shining on you, but it's shining light on others so they can walk away with the aha moments. Trish Springsteen, yes, absolutely. Trish Springsteen is Australia's leading expert in empowering introverts, get known, be seen specialists, a multi-international award-winning speaker, mentor, international best-selling author, and web TV host specializing in speaker training. She's the founder of the Purple Unicorn Marketing Academy, and this is where Trish works with you to find the gold nuggets in your business to promote and market yourself. The best person to speak about your business is you, and I have to add on to that. I also am an author and a publisher, and I will tell authors all the time, the best person to speak about your book is you. We can offer you all kinds of marketing packages, but I'm here to tell you, we cannot sell it nearly as well as you can sell it. Trish believes in you until you believe in yourself from her personal journey 
Trish knows how powerful confidence and self-belief can be, or she knows how powerful confidence and self-belief can be. Trish is the author and co-author and contributing author of 18 books, count them, 18 of them. She knows what she's doing, let me tell you. Now, Trish, earlier you talked about harnessing that energy and and having confidence and believing in yourself. Aside from those three things, I don't know if we can find anything else, but I'm going to have you dig deep. What else have you seen the best speakers do? They, they definitely have an energy that they bring to the stage. There's definitely a confidence. You see it in their body language. You hear it in their words, in the way they speak, their tone, their cadence. And then that belief in themselves, you can just feel that. You can sense that. You can see it on their websites, if you will. What else do the best speakers do on the stage? The most memorable speakers, and this isn't just my opinion, uh, it comes from my speaking with other speakers and audiences over the last 25, 26 years that I've been speaking, It also comes from a time when I had a blog talk radio show for about two years. I interviewed a lot of people and my question to them always, every show was, what is the most memorable speaker? What made a speaker memorable for you? So from my opinion, from from these opinions, uh, the techniques and the strategies that you mentioned, absolutely great. They give you the polish. But people, you don't have to be polished. You don't have to. A lot of people think, oh, I'll never get those techniques right. I'll never be like that person that's standing out there on that stage earning you know, thousands and thousands of dollars speaking. Well, you don't have to be. You really don't. That polish will just help you go to another level. The two things I believe that you need as a speaker and that make you memorable, that allow you to stand out, is being genuine, absolutely being genuine. It's opening up your heart and letting people see who you are. It's when you stand there, you're authentic. When I speak, whether I'm speaking on a podcast, whether I'm speaking on a video, whether I'm on a summit online, whether I'm doing a three-minute, one-minute introduction at a network meeting, a keynote speech, you get who I am each and every time because that is me. It's being genuine. It's celebrating my uniqueness. It's allowing people to say, well, here I am. I'm not perfect, but this is my story. And that's the second thing. It's stories. It's storytelling. It's allowing you to share your stories, stories from clients that you might have, stories from your family. And, yeah, you can change the words. It's okay. You don't have to tell exactly who the people are. But the essence of it is stories about your life experience, stories that people can connect with because it's it's a proven fact to people that, People connect with stories better than just facts and figures. We've been doing storytelling since the time we got up and walked out of the caves. And that's hardwired into our brains to sit up and think, oh, yes, that's exactly what happened to me last week. Or, yes, I can understand that. That's how it happens when every time I get up on the stage, I'm, I'm like that. And so people will listen to you. So the things that I think make a speaker memorable It's being genuine and authentic because people know when you're not. Uh, It's storytelling. 
allowing people to share those stories with people. And I think the third one, which I see, because if you get those two right, it will actually correct this third one, that I see many people make a mistake, is that they, they talk to the audience rather than with the audience. It, some people uh, become so focused on the techniques and the strategies and the polish that they lose that connection with the audience and they, they end up being very polished speakers. Oh, absolutely. But they're missing that spark. They're missing that spark that connects them. So for me, those are the things that make speakers memorable. And those are the three things that I strive for every time I get up to speak, wherever it is, whether it's 30 seconds, 30 minutes, an hour, when, in whatever medium. That's what I'm always striving for. That's my level that I reach for. Sometimes I can get it all right. Sometimes I don't. But if I even get one or two of those things right, I'm connecting with my audience and I'm doing 3,000% and standing there letting people see my story. Do it at 3,000%. I've never heard that number, but I'm sure going to start using it, Trish. <laughs> you can use 2,000. It's just exceeding everything. And that's my aim every time is to be better than I was before, to be there and present more than I was before. Yes, always aim to make the next presentation better than the last presentation go through your mind mentally think about what worked well and what do you think feels like maybe it fell short and how can you turn it up a notch and you're right it doesn't have to be perfect it doesn't have to be absolutely polished I'm telling you those presentations where I had some sort of a hiccup or some sort of a misstep those tend to be the most memorable ones for the right reasons for all of the right reasons in a good way were they the most memorable ones in a little bit you will have an opportunity to ask me a question. The next question I have for you, Trish, is why do you believe speaking and communication skills are a must for anyone, not just people who want to make presentations or people who are public speakers or professional speakers, but why is speaking and why are communication skills just must-haves for anybody? Oh, look, thanks for asking that question because... It's one of my passions, and it, it probably underpins pretty well everything I do today. I've touched on it briefly in if you're listening, and if you didn't quite get what I said, you can stop this right now. Go back and repeat and listen because you'll pick up what I've been saying. It's from my own life experience. I know that when you get some speaking skills, it's not just, as you said, being able to be a professional speaker. And sometimes that's what turns people off because they hear public speaking, they see professional speaking and they think, well, I don't want to be on the stages with thousands of people. So why should I go and come and work with you and get some speaking skills? And this is where I say to you, it absolutely gives you the confidence in every single thing that you do in your life from talking with your family, from being able to go up to the school and talk to the teachers about your children, knowing how to construct, how to answer a question clearly, concisely and confidently, how to harness your passion to be able to stand up and say, well, this is what I believe in and be able to do it using the emotion and passion 
to get your point across. These are all things you'll learn on your speaking journey. The things you learn on your speaking journey about structuring, the things you learn about able to answer impromptu questions. For example, not just going with that, I'll give, me, give you another example. Every time you go for a job, you go for an interview. Nowadays, people, everybody's got much the same skills. The thing that helps you to nail that job is that interview and what you may say at that interview. And guess what you're doing at that interview? You are speaking. And that means that you can use those skills to be able to answer those interview questions concisely, coherently, and competently, getting your message across. And that could be the one thing that helps you stand out from 300 other applicants that may be being interviewed or maybe wanting you to get that promotion. So it helps you there. It helps you with your relationships. It helps you with your, every time you speak, if you have to sell, it helps you with selling. Selling is about speaking and communication. I challenge you people to stand there and think about one time in your whole life that you aren't speaking and communicating with people. How to give instructions clearly. How many times have you given instructions in your job or with your own staff and you've had to go back and repeat those instructions? A loss of time, a loss of productivity, a loss of money. Whereas if you've got your speaking and pulled in your speaking skills, knowing how to structure, knowing the call to action, knowing how to be able to know who you're speaking to, knowing where to start, all of those things are skills that you don't realize that you've learned on your speaking journey until you go outside that speaking environment and live your life and realize, wow, hey, I knew how to do that. I mean, have I got time to share you a quick story? Yes. Okay, good, good, good. Uh, look, in 2007, we lost our son Craig to suicide. Now, that is not something I would like anybody to have to go through. But I had to do the eulogy at his funeral. Now, you'd be thinking, well, what's speaking got to do with that? Well, you only get one chance to do something like that, people. And you are full of emotion. And you want to make sure that you're doing due testament to your son's life. I did that. I stood there and did that. And it was a few months later when I'm going through and processing all of the emotions that are around something like that. I had that aha moment and realized if I hadn't had my speaking skills, I fully believe that I wouldn't have been able to do due testament and I wouldn't have been able to do what I did at that time. So there was an example where I learned to speak just to, you know, because I was wanting to be able to have a bit more confidence and suddenly realizing, wow, those skills allowed me to do something in my life that I had never, ever imagined I would have to do. So people, I am passionate about speaking and communication. I know what the confidence like. I know how empowered you are. People, if you could answer an impromptu question given to you out of left field and make it sound reasonable and good, then you can answer any question that you get. If you can stand there at a minute's notice and do a presentation to 15, 20, 100, 300 people, then you can walk in the door to any meeting, grab any opportunity, 
and stand up and say, hey, here I am. And that's the power. That is the hidden power of learning speaking skills. It's not just about being on a stage, talking to thousands of people. It's what changes in you and the power that you take away from it that is absolutely unknown until you have to use it. And then you realize, wow, how good was I? Because I took the time to do some personal growth. Wow. Sorry to hear about your late son, Craig, but kudos to you. No, I should not say, but kudos to you for getting up there and, I mean, doing something that uh, took a lot of strength. So uh, my heart goes to you, Trish. Thank you. Yeah, I talk about him because he, yeah, he needs to be remembered, but also because it is a lesson. It's one of the stories of my life that showcases why I'm passionate about speaking. It's, it's a great story for the lesson that it teaches. Uh, just perfect, perfect, spot, spot on. And when you were talking about uh, going to an interview and having those communication skills and having those speaking skills, it reminded me of a blog post that I wrote, I don't know how many moons ago, where I, I believe the title of it is, interviews are presentations too. Absolutely. (laughs) And they really are. And one of my mantras is make everything you say a presentation. It doesn't matter to whom you are speaking, where you're speaking, or for how long you are speaking. Speak in a way that lets your listener know that you believe your message matters and that they are important to you. They're standing in front of you, so they deserve nothing but the best out of you so yeah absolutely if you don't believe in what you're doing if you don't believe in yourself if you don't believe in your words and stand up and do it how can you expect anybody else to believe in you to work with you to give you that job to hey have a relationship with you it covers everything there you have it there you have it and i want to have that question what is your query for me trish Uh, Thank you. Uh, And it's going to be about introverts. And I'll just give you a reason why, because at the moment I'm writing a book and it's called A to Z of Public Speaking from an introvert and extrovert point of view. So it has things there. And at the bottom of each chapter, I have the introvert's view and the extrovert's view on that, what I've just wrote about in that chapter. So I'm going to ask you a question from your perspective your perspective what is the biggest challenge for you as an introvert when you have to get up and speak when you've got to connect with the audience my biggest challenge as an introvert needing to connect with my audience actually The biggest challenge comes after the presentation, not so much during the presentation. During the presentation, and actually before the presentation, I've made sure I've stored up energy. I've stored up nuts for the winter like a squirrel, Trish. (laughs) So I, I, I don't want to talk to the conference organizer I don't want to 
chit chat, quote unquote, I'm putting chit chat in quotation marks. I don't want to chit chat with the audience. I will talk with the audience with purpose. So I'll start my presentation early. If I have people coming in 10, 15 minutes early and I've got my tech set up, I will ask very pointed questions and have a very specific conversation with you, a very pointed and directed conversation where I'm asking, what questions do you have about making great presentations? What's a big challenge that you've had with a presentation? What's a mystery you want me to solve? And I solve those mysteries and answer those questions and give solutions to those challenges in those 10 to 15 minutes before the presentation. So I don't like expending my energy before a presentation in a way that's going to deplete me. So during the presentation, as an introvert, connecting with the audience, not much of a challenge because I've tried to make sure that I am giving them the solutions that they're wanting and that I'm serving them. It's after the presentation, Trish, where people are wanting to see that same person that same energy, that same pizzazz that they saw in the presentation, now they're wanting to see that outside of the presentation. And as an introvert, I gave you 3,000% the last 60, 90 minutes. I gave you everything that I've got. I left it on the floor, as they say. And so when I'm done with the presentation, and I have nothing more to give. I have to dig so deeply, especially if there's an, a, a book signing. And that happens quite often at mm-hmm. certain organizations, at certain conferences. So I've got to still be on. But that's my biggest challenge is giving the audience more of what they just saw after the presentation is done. Absolutely. I can completely relate to that because by the time you've done all that, the energy that you've got, all you want to do, all I want to do is just, hey, I've finished. I've been here. Yeah, I want to go to my room, close the door, have a nap, read my book. Yep. Have a couple of things. Give me 10 minutes and I'll come out and be happy with you, but just give me 10 minutes. (laughs) I could understand. So what do you do that? How do you overcome that challenge? I, you know, I just, I, I, I suck it up. Yeah. I suck it up and I, and I, and I give it to them. Right. I say to myself, how do you want to be remembered? Do you want to be remembered as someone who gave a great performance, but then after the presentation, you were a complete dud Hmm. or do you want to be remembered as someone who gave them what they came to get at the presentation But then also you were able to dig deeply again and give them more. Which one? Because you can curl up into a ball and be a bum on the plane in short order, you know, soon enough. You can go back to your hotel room soon enough and just uh, recharge. So just give it, give it your best. I I wish I had a better answer, but that's what I do. And is it exhausting? Absolutely. I, you know, I'm just going to be honest with you. Does it wear me thinly? Yes, it does. But uh, you just find it. And you know what? The, 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 the spark from knowing that I'm about to help someone yeah. or knowing that I'm about to answer this question or engage with someone about a topic that's really 
exciting and interesting to me, that does give me something of a boost. So I'm not having to, you know, dig so deeply, but, uh, you know, as an introvert, you, you, it's, it's tough when, when your mic is turned off and you know, you still have to perform, but at a different capacity or on a different level, it can be tough. I'm going to turn the question around and ask you, what's the biggest challenge you have as an introvert trying to connect with an audience? Well, I have much the same as you because I give like all my energy goes onto that presentation. Uh, However, in my mind, I extend the after as part of the presentation. So I think to myself, I don't have that time in my framework that says, oh, okay, I'm speaking from 11 o'clock to 12 o'clock. I have to be in my energy. I think to myself, I'm actually speaking from 11 o'clock to two o'clock. So I need to have all my energy in those two hours. And that means that I don't have that sudden feeling, oh, it's all over. I know that I've got say that sudden, oh, it's all over until two o'clock or an hour after the timing is irrelevant, but I give that extra time. So I know to myself, it's not just there, it's after and that. My biggest challenge as an introvert, actually, and it's one that I still work on, is walking into network meetings. It's walking into, uh, and it's also conferences, it's walking into places where I don't know anybody. And people, if you think that gets better over the years, uh, I just know how to handle it better. I still, and and it's the same thing, I still get nervous before I speak on stage, but going into a place I've been found, you know, I, I've sit outside in the car sometimes and go, oh, my gosh, I've got to do this. I've got to do this. Oh, no, I don't know anybody. No one's going to say hello to me. Oh, do I have to walk through that door? Oh, God. This goes through my mind, all of that. And how I do that is just like to stop. It's my 60 seconds of insane courage. I just stop. Hey, you can't help anybody till you get out the door. So you better get out of the car door. It's not going to happen here. You can't do the speech in the car. You can't help anybody till you walk through that door into the room. So you better open that door to walk through that door because you can't help anybody till you get in the room. And then it's like, okay, once I'm there, I've got my energy in place and I breathe. It's breathing all the time for me because two or three deep breaths before I do anything, it centers me and puts me back in control. And for a lot of introverts, the fear is being out of control. They don't know what's going to happen, and even for others who are not. So when you have that breath and you feel in control, then you know that you are having it. And I guess it's my mantra all the time. It's not about me. It's not about me. I cannot let those people down because there's someone who needs to hear what I've got to say. And that goes I like to that the... Oh, go ahead, Trish. Oh, yeah. And I said that also flows over into the after. When I'm talking, I'm thinking, well... It's not just about me. It could be that someone up there, uh, out there needs to come over and have a couple of words of me that I have to say a couple of words to them that's going to cement what I've said and change their life. That's pretty empowering. And you never know, people. You don't always, you know, you probably are never going to know just how much of an impact. I spoke to, I have had someone come up to me like two years after a presentation that I've given and you know, they've had to remind me because I, I didn't even actually speak to them at that presentation. I just gave that presentation. And they've come up to me two years ago after that and said, you know, Trish, what you said 
has changed my life in the last two years. I've been working really hard on it. And that's what makes the whole effort, the energy, that's what makes it worthwhile. That maybe, yes, and it doesn't have to be in big ways. Uh, I've never wanted to be, you know, I, I actually never thought I was an inspirational person until I won an inspirational award. And that made me stop and realise that how I see inspiration isn't, and how I see myself isn't how other people see me. So how arrogant am I to dismiss what other people say about me or what other people see in me? That's arrogance I needed to learn to accept. That if they thought I was inspirational, if they thought I'd help them, then I had to accept that that was true. And for the listeners, I want you to take away this from what Trish is saying. You may have people who never approach you after the fact, who never reach out on social media, who never email you, who never connect on your website to let you know you changed my life. You turned on a light bulb. You motivated me. You got me thinking differently. They may never reach out and let you know the impact that you had on them in a presentation but you had that impact. Walk away from your presentations knowing that you definitely impacted someone, possibly more than someone, and you may never, ever hear from them, but you did that. Everybody, uh, in the show notes, check out the link where you can schedule a complimentary conversation with Trish to just explore a little bit more about how you can just show up as the best version of yourself and how you can have that self-confidence and just really believe in yourself. So check the show notes to schedule a complimentary conversation with Trish and in the show notes, also get that link down there where it has her three keys to public speaking. You'll want to get that download. It is a free download from Trish Springsteen, Three Keys to Public Speaking. Before we conclude our conversation, Trish, what else do our listeners need to know from you in order to make sure they're showing up as confidently as possible? If you take nothing else away from this great conversation, and actually there's a huge amount of things to take away, but if you take nothing else, I'd like you to just work on two things. I want you to work on believing in yourself and your message. And that's using affirmations. That's using my 60 seconds of insane courage to stop the negative thoughts, accept the positive and smile and say yes to opportunities. Because it's a long, and I, it took me many, many years to get to where I was in being able to believe in myself. But work on it every day. Because I can tell you absolutely positively, without any doubt, that when you believe in yourself, it is extremely empowering. It allows you to grab opportunities. It allows you to share your message. But most importantly, it allows you to be you and to celebrate your uniqueness. And when you can do that, boy, can you be there for everybody else. So believe in yourself, work on that. And then just understand that it is never about you. We can say it over and over. When you believe in yourself and your message, then you know that there's someone out there that needs to resonate and hear it. So 
don't do them at the service. Take your courage in your hand, step up and connect with them. It's the best thing you can ever do for your life in leaving a legacy of your time here on earth. Tris Springsteen, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you for the opportunity. It's been an absolute delight. Everybody, thank you for tuning into the show. This is Bridget McGowan. Until next time, make sure you always own the microphone.